Hey, it's Danny Ruyer from 106.7 The Fan in Washington, D.C. And when I want to hear about a whole bunch of pitchers that are hurt all the time and the only organization smart enough to take on Giancarlo Stanton's contract, I listen to the Big Blue Pinstripes podcast with my guy, Joe Buddy. Yankee and Big Blue Nation. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Big Blue Pin Strikes Podcast. My name is Joe Butter. I am the host of the show. I'm the only one that talks on the show. Hopefully, this is going to be the last time that I'm the only one talking on the show. Got some guests that are possibly coming on. I was hoping they were going to be on this week, but it didn't work out. Uh, one got sick and one ended up being uh, today's was his birthday. We were supposed to record yesterday. It didn't work out for me personally, uh, and then today didn't work out for him. So next week, we'll get on. Uh, hopefully two guests, one for Yankees, one for Giants, and then you know moving forward every week we're going to have somebody, and that would be nice. It would be a lot more fun to talk to somebody else than sit here and talk to myself. Not that I can't do it, but it's more fun to talk to somebody else. Before I get into the show, I do want to pimp a new podcast. It's going to be coming out. I do have a new show that I will be co-hosting with a buddy of mine, um, actually a brother-in-law of mine. Uh, my wife and his girlfriend are sisters, so we were kind of forced into friendship and turned out to be pretty good friends, have a lot in common. Wanted to talk sports for, you know, an hour or two a week, so we decided to start our own show. Um, it's going to be called Views from the Nosebleeds, um, and it's just going to be, you know, me and him talking sports, and sometimes not sports. Um, pretty much anything, anything going on in the world. I mean, it's going to be heavily sports um, focused, but it's you know, going to include a lot of everything. If, if, you know, we get the, when 2021 comes around, we get a new president, things like that. I mean, we'll probably touch on some of that stuff. I don't know. I we'll see. I mean, we're sports focused people, so maybe it'll stay sports focused, but you never know. We don't want to put a, uh, you know, brackets around it to keep us in one tunnel. We want to be able to talk about anything we want. So hopefully that's going to be coming out in the next few weeks. We don't have an actual date yet. But it should be coming out pretty soon. Views from the nosebleeds. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So tune in. Follow me on Twitter at JoeButter underscore BBP. Uh, that'll probably be the best place to get information on when it's coming out and things like that. So go ahead and give me a follow. And, you know, look out for it. It's coming soon. So this week, not very much going on in Yankee world. Uh, kind of just going through the motions. Got some bad news on a big player. Uh, I mean, same shit, different week. It's spring training, another week of spring training, another Yankees player goes down. Um, That's kind of been the the story the last few years. But it's nothing they can't overcome. It's not like they, you know, one player here, one player there is going to stop them from winning the division. I mean, the division is virtually theirs unless there's some kind of catastrophic collapse somewhere in the season. And they probably need two to lose to any of the teams. I mean, the Rays are probably the most fit to catch them, but, I mean, they would need help. Uh, the Yankees are pretty much on paper light years ahead of every other team in the AL East as of right now. But you never know. People are dropping already. Um, John Carlos Stanton, they've already said he's doubtful for opening day. We touched on him last week, but at the time we thought he might come back. Doesn't look like it. Looks like he's going to be doubtful for opening day, and who the fuck knows what that means. It's a, it's a strain. There's no damage 
physically that they can just fix. You kind of just have to wait. And those are the worst. Uh, we saw that last year with Stanton himself. We saw that with Severino. We saw that with Boyd. We saw that with a handful of players that when you don't actually have something physically, anatomically wrong, there is no timeline on when you're coming back. None. The good news or the good side of it is that you don't necessarily need him to come play the outfield and you really don't necessarily need him to come run fast. So, I mean, he's there to hit bombs. That's pretty much all he's good at. He's not really good at anything else. So you might as well get your leg in a position where you can swing and come back from DH. I, I don't know, whatever. The big one as of right now, you know, besides losing Seve for the year, Aaron Judge, um, they've declared him doubtful for opening day. And that's a blow because his injury didn't seem to be anything serious. It didn't seem to be anything that we needed to worry about at the time. Now, you know, more tests, more tests, nothing's coming up, yet he can't swing. Again, there's nothing physically wrong. There's nothing anatomically wrong. There's nothing torn. There's nothing broken. Who knows how long it's going to take? He's a big, big human being, and it's going to take a while for his body parts to recover more than more so than mine would because they're bigger. I mean, he's a big human. His shoulder is bigger than my shoulder. When he hurts something in his shoulder, it's going to take a little longer to recover because there's more to recover. Um, I don't. I I I hate to jump on a bandwagon. I I I talked about it last week that I don't like when people jump on people for getting hurt. Um, but at this point, um. And, and this is going to be the the hot take of the week. I want to I want to start off strong with this episode. Uh, the hot take of the week. The hot take of the of probably all of Yankee fan base. I'm okay if they move on from Aaron Judge when his rookie contract is over. I'm okay with it. He's a superstar. He's he's the mentality. He's the the personality that they need in the Bronx. He's the perfect guy to take over from Derek Jeter. He's the the perfect. The perfect person. I mean, he does nothing wrong. He's a good dude. He's great with the media. He doesn't give you anything that would, you know, put him on the back pages of the post. He doesn't do anything negatively to affect the franchise, except not play. And it's kind of becoming a tradition to lose him for 30, 40 games a year. And not that I don't think that his 125 games is better than somebody else's 155. I don't want to pay him for 160 when he's not going to give you 160 and he's going to cost a lot of money. I mean, he's going to cost Bryce Harper type money and is it worth paying Bryce Harper type money? Bryce Harper doesn't deserve the type money he got. And is it worth paying Aaron judge that type money when you already got John Carlos Stanton making that type money and you got Garrett Cole making that type money and Aaron judge isn't playing. John Carlos Stanton already isn't playing. That deal is already terrible. And if, if he wasn't there, I'd be all for it. Pay him whatever it takes. Keep him here. We'll take his 125 a year and his 38 bombs and 110 RBIs. With Stanton being there and that contract being there, it's, I mean, it sucks that you have to make that decision. But unless they can unload John Carlos Stanton in the next two years and they can keep Aaron Judge instead, I don't, I don't see a scenario where it makes sense to keep him. And it, and it hurts to say because he's so good when he plays. We saw the one full season he gave us. We saw what happens. He, he won an MVP. 
the one full season he gave us, he had 52 bombs, drove in 120 runs. I think it was like 117 or something. Uh, hit 280, hit 330 at the All-Star break. And then I don't know if it was a home run derby or just pitchers learning that he can't hit down and away or that the umpires don't understand how big he is and they call strikes that are at his shins because those are other people's knees. One way or another, he he didn't continue what he did in that first half. Um, but he still, I mean, he won the MVP. He was the best player in the American League. He was the best player in Major League Baseball that season. Um, and we that's the only time we've had a full season from him. We didn't have it in 2016, 2018, 2019, and now we probably won't have it in 2020. And at that point, you're, I mean, it's not an outlier now. Now it's the norm. And you being hurt as the norm is not something that is going to be worth, you know, $31 million a year. And it sucks. And I hate it. And it pisses me off because the reason that they can't do it is because they got Giancarlo Stanton. And I've been very, very vocal about not wanting him to be here. Not wanting them to take him. If you can go back and read my Twitter timeline of the day that they made that trade, I remember that day vividly because I was working for a beer and wine company. I was walking into a store that I was, you know, working at that day, and I got. I actually went back. I had just walked in the door when the news broke. I went back outside, went into my car, and sat there for 35 minutes, just tweeting and texting and calling people and just ranting about how fucking stupid that move was. And it and it's been stupid ever since, because they they pulled a guy off of his absolute career season, brought him in, allocated way too much money to him. I mean, I know they're not pulling his entire salary, but or paying his entire salary, but they're paying most of it, and they they have to allocate that amount to him. Um, and I know there's technically no salary cap, but teams do try to try to stay reasonable based on the revenue that your team brings in. And obviously the Yankees bring in a ton. So their salary cap in air quotes is higher than others, but there is a number that they're trying to stay underneath to avoid ridiculous amount of taxes and bringing that deal in is making it very difficult for them to stay under, especially when you got Aaron judge that needs to get paid. You got Gary Sanchez that needs to get paid. You got Glaber Torres. That's going to need to get paid. You got DJ LeMayhew. That's about to need to get paid. Uh, all these guys are going to have to get paid. And I don't know where all that money's coming from because Giancarlo Stanton is taking up too much. And Garrett Cole, who is worth the amount of money that he's getting, is, I mean, it's just taking up too much of a chunk of, I mean, there's teams that their entire salary is equal to those two players. And I don't see a scenario where they're going to be able to justify keeping Aaron Judge at the cost that it's going to be for unless unless he turns it around in these next two and a half years, three years, he figures out how to stay healthy. It's it's hard, and he's not really that young. He came up kind of late. I think he's twenty seven already. Um, so it's not like he's a twenty two year old kid that's like, all right, well, we got fifteen years out of him. It's like, no, the guy with that body, yeah, he's twenty. Actually, he's about to be twenty eight. I uh, just looked it up. So twenty eight year old, and the how big he is, he's going to break down a lot quicker than some other people. So. I mean, you, he's going to be a free agent at 29 or 30. I mean, what are you going to do? Give him nine years? You're going to have a 39-year-old guy that's six seven. I mean, that dude's going to break. His legs are going to break down. So, that's like I said, this is my hot take. And there's not – I haven't seen anybody say it yet. 
And it's not that I don't like him. It's not that I don't want him. It's not that I don't think he's good. It's that I don't think he's going to warrant the amount of money that he's going to warrant because of his injury concerns and because of his longevity concerns with his size. I mean, he's just too big to play right field. If he can turn into a David Ortiz and just DH, that's fine. You shouldn't be making $32 million. If they can get him for 25 26 I'm game. But by the time his free agency comes up, 25 26 is going to be what like the, the average is making. I mean, $25 million deals are going to be handed out like candy. It's That's just the way it is. That's market value. It's not – I mean, that's what's going to happen as salary caps raises, as cost of – um, cost to do business is going to change and that's just the way it's going to work but it sucks I mean the Giants or the excuse me the Yankees they need him to succeed especially this year and I'm worried I'm worried about him I'm worried about him a lot uh, just because of like I said the, the fact that they don't have anything actually wrong anything that they can go in and fix even if it was something that took three months that's fine. We don't need you in April. We don't need you in May. We need you in August to get kind of get your shit together, get used to it, get used to the game speed, get some get some at-bats in, get some swings in, and then get ready for September, October. And I, I don't know when the season, when the World Series is slated to be, but they're starting in March now, so they should end in October. We need you to be 100% for September and October. That's it. I don't really care if you play the rest the, the only actually that's better because if you only play three months a year you're not going to uh, garner as much money in free agency so you know play a couple months a year the only problem is don't miss the end <laughs> miss the beginning so it is what it is right now I'm just the way it is right now I'm worried that it's just not going to be logical to pay him what he's going to need in order to stay here, unless he unless he stays here because he he just loves being here and takes a little bit of a discount, I, I just don't see it happening. And yeah, that's my hot take. I don't I haven't seen anybody else say it, so I'll be the first to tell you I'm okay if they move on from Aaron Judge when when his rookie deal's up. I'm okay with it as long as long as they keep the other guys. I will not be okay with it if they lose Judge and Sanchez or Judge and Torres. Or if LeMahieu walks this year, that's another guy. They need to sign him now. I talked about that last week, too. They haven't even started discussions yet. That's a mistake. You need to get him in the door in your office and give him a check and say, what do you want? What is it going to take to get you to stay here for the next six years? And make that deal happen. And then that's one less person you got to worry about. Glaber Torres, is he's still, I think, three years away from free agency. Gary Sanchez is on the same timeline as Judge, so that's why where I'm at is you're going to bring one of those back. If Gary Sanchez is still a catcher at the time and he's still playing good defense, then he's more valuable because you don't get catchers that hit like him. You get right fielders that hit like Aaron Judge. Not many. Not many. I mean, when Aaron Judge is healthy, he's one of the 10 best players in baseball. He is. I mean, that's not. I'm not wearing my Yankee glasses for that. He is, he is good, and everybody knows he's good. You want an MVP. He's good. He won a Rookie of the Year. He won an MVP. He won a Home Run Derby. And he is good. I mean, the Home Run Derby doesn't matter, but, I mean, whatever. It's an achievement. He's a good player. He's a really good outfielder for the size that he is. He benefits from playing in Yankee Stadium because the outfield is a little smaller for him to run around in. But 
honestly, for a six seven guy, he's pretty quick. Uh, big strides. I mean, he he gets to where he needs to get to quickly because he takes a lot less steps. So, and he's got a cannon. So, it's just a matter of can he prove to you that he can play, play physically, can play on the field, he can stay on the field, and that's what it's going to come down to. If they lose both of them, I'll be really really pissed. If they sign both of them, that's fine. But if you want me to pick who I want to keep of all of them. You better, better make sure Glaber Torres is still here. You better make sure that Glaber Torres does not wear another uniform for the rest of his life. Because he is the best player on the team. He is 22. He's the youngest of all these guys. He's the best of all these guys. He plays the most important position of all these guys. Maybe, perhaps, Gary Sanchez. I mean, catcher is important. However, catchers don't usually last as long. Glaber Torres can play shortstop for his entire career. Derek Jeter showed you that. If we get Derek Jeter part two with power, sign me up all day. Pay him what whatever he wants. I don't care what he wants. You're paying him. Because when he's a free agent, he's only going to be like 25. Pay him. Pay him a lot. So, anyway, that's my hot take. That's my statement that people don't want to hear, that Yankee fans don't want to hear. But it is what it is. I mean, it's a legitimate conversation now. It's not like... A year ago, people were saying Aaron Judge gets hurt too much. It's like, you know what? Fuck off. Like, he'll be fine. He's a star. He'll be all right. We're at a point now where we're getting, we're inching closer to his free agency time. And, you know, it's a legitimate conversation now. Like, if somebody comes up to me saying that they don't want to keep Aaron Judge, I'll listen to you. And I'll listen to your reasoning and, and probably agree with you. It's changing times. But, you know, it is what it is. And this game is a business. And you got to understand that these things happen. You got to understand that teams lose their stars. I mean, Mookie Betts is, is what Aaron Judge to the Yankees is Mookie Betts to the Red Sox, and they just sent him away. Sent him out to LA. They sent him out to the enemy. I mean, beyond the Yankees, I mean, that's the enemy. You don't send players to the Dodgers, you don't make a good team better. I mean, that's a, that's a good fucking team now. And. I mean, I bet you Red Sox fans didn't think that all those trade rumors were true. I bet you they didn't look into that at like like they actually thought he was going to leave and actually thought he was going to go to what could be the best team in baseball, what may have already been the best team in baseball. I mean, to be honest, it's Yankees or Dodgers. You know, a month ago, it was Yankees or Dodgers who's best, who's the best team in baseball. They, they're pretty much on a crash course to the World Series, to playing against each other for the World Series. And then... They signed a, a recent MVP and, you know, one of the best outfielders in the sport, one of the best hitters in the sport. Makes them that much better. Getting David Price is whatever. I don't, that doesn't make them any better. They got pitching. They don't really need Price. He was just the Red Sox. Were like, if we're giving you a superstar, we're going to shed some salary. So, and y'all have the, the ability to, to take on this salary. So that's going to be what makes the deal. But whatever, it's another body. I mean, it's another arm out there. If people get hurt. You know, Kershaw Kershaw is another guy that likes to miss a month or two. David Price could fill in. He's not as good, but, I mean, do they need him to be Clayton Kershaw in the regular season? No. I mean, they're just like the Yankees. They're, I mean, they need a catastrophic collapse to lose the division. And they don't need David Price to do anything. They don't need him to throw one pitch this year. It won't make a difference. 
like I said, it's a conversation that's legitimate and I'm willing to listen. And like I said, I'll probably agree with you. I, it's hard to find a reason for him to stay if he continues the way he's going for the past two and a half years. It's hard to find a reason to keep him, depending on what his price is. If his price, if his asking price and market value price is what I'm guessing it's going to be, which is 30 plus, then it's hard to make that, make a, you know, an educated argument for it. It, it really is. Anyway, um, there was some news that came out lately that the Yankees are looking for a starting pitcher to replace the Severino-Paxton injury duo. And Brian Cashman came out quickly and squashed those rumors. Brian Cashman is never going to give you any information. He is never going to give you any indication of what he's doing, what he's planning, what he's thinking, who he's talking to. Nothing. He's Yankees born and bred. He's, you know, Yankees through and through. He's going to do what Yankees do and not give you anything. That's what we do. We don't give you any information and we think we do and you think we do. So you can go, you know, write about it in the New York Post. But you actually don't know what's going on. And I believe him this time because I don't think they'll do anything. They didn't last year. So why would they do it now? I mean, they didn't have Severino off last year and they ended up just fine. They didn't have Severino this year. They're going to end up just fine. James Paxson missed a couple. and missed like, I don't know, six weeks last year. If he missed six weeks this year, they'll be just fine. It ain't going to kill him. And I like Paxson. I think he's one of the filthiest pitchers in baseball when he's healthy. Not saying he's one of the best, but he has one of the uh, nastiest arsenals of pitches in Major League Baseball when he's healthy. He does. He has a curveball that's damn near impossible to hit when he's going well. He's got a 98-mile-an-hour fastball when he's going well. He's good. He's good. He takes a long stride, so the speed kind of plays up a little bit because he's releasing a little bit closer to home plate than some guys that are 6'2". Um, he's, he's a good pitcher. He just can't stay healthy because, again, he's big. We have so many big guys on this team that everybody gets hurt, and it is what it is. You just get your injuries out of the way. Let's get it together come August. Get you some reps. Get you some innings. Get you some pitches. Have you going full-blown September and October. Is it going to work out that way? Who knows? But that's kind of what we need to happen. All right, next thing. The one guy that they were talked about as pursuing was Steven Matz for the Mets. And I don't know why. Um, I know the Mets are known to have an excellent pitching staff. They do. They get hurt more than the Yankees get hurt, but they do have on face value on paper. They have an excellent pitching staff. Steven Matz, in my opinion, isn't included in that. I mean, he ain't that good. I mean, they got DeGrom. DeGrom is excellent. One of the three best pitchers in the game. They have Noah Syndergaard when he's healthy. Great. He's not excellent. He's not DeGrom. But he's he's great. Marcus Stroman. I like Marcus Stroman a lot more than most people do. His numbers aren't jump off the paper like extraordinary. He pitched in the toughest division in the game. And he played his tenure. He played on one of the worst teams in that division. So we had to pitch against the Rays. Who the Rays aren't an offensive powerhouse, but they are very difficult to pitch against. He pitched against the Yankees. 
excellent offense. They pitched against the Red Sox, excellent offense. They pitched against the Orioles. There was a time where the Orioles had a very, very powerful offense. Not anymore, but there was a time when they had power all over the field. They had Chris Davis in his prime. They had Matt Wieters. They had Adam Jones. They had Nick Markakis. They had uh, J.J. Hardy. They had Jonathan Scope when he had his breakout year. Like They had an excellent day. Mark Trumbo when he was hitting 50 bombs. They had a very, very powerful – their pitching was awful, so they were still a bad team. They had a very powerful offense. That's all that matters when you're a pitcher. That's what you're going up against. His numbers against the teams that he pitched against were fine. You tell me that they're going to go after Stroman, I'm game. Bring him in. Because you bring him to the AL East, you're taking him away from pitching against the best team in the AL East. Those numbers are going to dip a little. It's the way it is. You're coming back to the same division you've always pitched in, and now you don't have to pitch against the best team in that division. Naturally, your numbers are going to improve. He's not a strikeout guy which is kind of become a staple with Yankees pitchers. They look for these like strikeout specialists. That's not what he is, but he's got a attitude that I really like. But he's not the one they were going after. Steven Matz, he's fine. He's fine, I guess. I'd, he would be the guy that I would want to fill in for Paxton when he's out. He can come in, make six starts, you know, have a 4-2 ERA, Strike out one, uh, nine per nine. Strike out one in inning. Walk one in inning. Not one in inning. Walk three and three, uh, three walks per nine innings. Call it a day. Just get the job done. Have a body that can throw some innings. Get him out of here when Paxton comes back. That's not what the Yankees need right now. So they have bodies that can fill in. They have a kid who pitched yesterday, as a matter of fact who is their, I think, second-ranked prospect, second-ranked pitching prospect in their organization, Clark Schmidt. Clark Schmidt, I think, is going to throw some innings this year. Clark Schmidt, I think, is going to be a number three starter in the next two years. That kid is good. He's very good. He's very. He's not really young. I think he's like 21. Um, let me pull it up, actually. He, uh, he's a college pitcher, so he gets his minor league – Time is a little late. Oh, he's actually 24. Uh, just turned 24. He's pretty old. Um, but either way, he should get his he – sh- he's definitely going to get some innings this year. They're actually talking about him possibly make making a push for the number five starter to start the year until some of these guys get back. But either way, he's going to start probably 12 games. And I think he's going to make a case to be in the rotation next year because he's good. Davey Garcia is their top-ranked pitcher. I don't see him getting innings this year. He's too young. He he doesn't have enough enough experience. He's got the nastiest arsenal of pitches in the organization. I'm just worried about his control. Um, He's not as uh, refined as, you know, like a a Clark Schmidt. But he's definitely got the stuff. He's he's got Dellen Batances-type stuff which may make him a good reliever. Who knows? He's a starter right now. Let's see if he can keep that going because that would be great. That's what we need. We don't need bullpen arms. We got bullpen arms. We need starters. So those are some of the guys that they can bring up to fill those holes, which is why there is zero need for a Steven Matz. 
if you're going to make a trade, I mean, make a trade. Don't bring in a, a spot starter. Bring in somebody that's going to make a difference. And Stephen Matz ain't it. So, and speaking of young pitchers, so if you notice the title of the episode, um, Today versus Tomorrow. So that's very metaphoric. I did that on purpose because there's a couple instances in this episode that represent today versus tomorrow. Today we have Aaron Judge, tomorrow we might not. Not actually tomorrow, like March 5th, but you know, the next year or two, we may not have him anymore. Today versus tomorrow is the best pitcher in Major League Baseball is Garrett Cole, and the future possible best pitcher in baseball is Casey Mize. The number one pitcher in the Tigers organization. He was the number one draft pick in 2018. He was the undisputed best college pitcher when he was thrown to college. I mean, it was baseball. There's usually never a runaway number one pick. It's usually, all right, do we want the number one college player? Do we want the number one high school player? Do we want someone that's going to be up in two years? Or do we want a project that's going to take four or five years, but his upside is ridiculous? Casey Mize was... All right, the Tigers got the first pick. The Tigers are Casey Mize. Tigers are taking Casey Mize. All right, where are we going from there? Because he, I, I think his ERA as a senior at Auburn was under one. I mean, it was dirty. He's not doing quite that in the minors, but he's showing what he has, and that is a, he is a number one starter. And tomorrow, Thursday, Casey Mize, actually when this comes out, it'll be today, this afternoon, Casey Myers and Garrett Cole are going up against each other, and I'm telling you, it's on MLB Network at 1 o'clock. Watch it. If, if you can record it, record it while you're at work. I'm home. Watch it. If you're not doing anything, first of all, go get a job. Second of all, record it, and when you get home from that job, watch it because that's going to be fun. I mean, the Tigers suck. The Tigers absolutely suck, but Casey Myers is going to – I mean, that dude is real. He's the real deal. He's the truth. That dude is going to be legit. He's going to be fighting for Cy Young's in the future. And he's going up against Garrett Cole, which in itself is a reason to watch Yankee games um, in, in the spring because that's the new toy. He's the best player at his position in the sport. So there, you got a lot of reasons to watch this game. I'm telling you. It's today versus tomorrow. It's Garrett Cole. It's Casey Mize. It's... I don't. The Yankees have been throwing out some big lineups the last couple of days, so they may take a break and give some of these guys a day off. So it may not be the flashiest lineup. And even if the Tigers play all nine of their starters, their lineup is going to suck. So it may be a display of pitching. I mean, they can go toe-to-toe if the Yankees don't put their starters out there. If Casey Mize is going up against, uh, you know, I mean, Clint Frazier is pretty good, but if he's going up against, like, if, say, for instance, if Urshela is, you know, the top starter that's playing, if Clint Frazier is the top starter that's playing, if Brett Gardner is the top starter that's playing, Casey Myers could have a day, and that'll be fun to see. So, go ahead and watch that. Um, so I'm going to take a little break. I'm going to run a little tune, and then I'm going to come back, and I actually want to get a little bit of Giants. We haven't done that in a couple weeks. Um, actually, we haven't done that since I gave the show a reboot, so it's been about um, eight months since we talked to Giants, but the Combine just finished up, uh, so I got a little bit to talk about on that, and the Giants have 
a pretty high pick because they haven't been very good. So it's very exciting to see this time of year the way they're sitting right now. So I'll be back in a second. my seat i just needed to take a breath because i'm talking by myself and it's hard to keep going continuously and i don't know if i mentioned it in previous episodes but um the reason why i'm doing this again and having much more fun doing it is because i'm editing much less so i'm doing my best to continuously speak without pausing so i don't have to go in and take them out so that little 15 seconds to catch my breakfast is crucial anyway giants combine um, I didn't watch, admittedly, I didn't watch a whole lot of it. I was watching for certain people. I watched, I wanted to watch Chase Young, but he didn't participate. I wanted to watch Isaiah Simmons. I wanted to watch a couple of the tackles, Tristan Wirfs, uh, Andrew Thomas, um, Makai Becton, who's just a massive fucking human being. That guy's fun, fun to watch do everything just because he's so fucking big. Um, those guys, I wanted to see Jonathan Taylor just because, for the fantasy perspective, um, this isn't a fantasy pod, but. I do a lot of fantasy stuff. Um, I write for a couple fantasy sports websites. I play a ton. And some of the running backs, this is a big running back class. This is a big wide receiver class. So I wanted to see some of those guys. And Jonathan Taylor is, that motherfucker. That dude is going to be legit. DeAndre Swift is, so between the two of them, they're kind of the RB1, RB1A. I'm not sure who's better, who's, I mean, DeAndre Swift is supposedly a better pass catcher. I don't watch much college football. I do most of my studying after the season ends, listening to some college football podcasts. And uh, one of the sites I write for is a Dynasty Fantasy Football website. So a lot of the stuff they talk about is development, developmental players, which are, you know, college prospects. So I learned about a lot about offensive players through that. They have a film room where they actually cut up tape for um, every player from each game so you can watch all of their snaps. Um, I'll give a shout-out actually to them, DynastyNerds.com. It's a great site if you're interested in college football from a fantasy perspective because, I mean, it's 3 bucks a month to get access to the film room, which is an excellent, excellent piece of information that they put out it's incredible but anyway that's where i get most of my information i i look at i watch those videos um and you know read twitter and listen to podcasts honestly that's what i do and then try to watch the combine try to pay attention to what's going on uh pre and post combine watch some pro days things like that um you kind of get an idea especially when your team is picking in the top five you get an idea of who is going to be available and who who they actually like who fits into their needs, um, which that's easy. A chase young B Isaiah Simmons C any tackle available, which at number four, every tackle is going to be available. There's not going to be a tackle picked ahead of there. Chances are you're going to get either chase young and Isaiah Simmons. Now, if you watch the combine at all, Isaiah Simmons, oh, that dude, I want him to be wearing, Blue next year because he's legit. He ran the same 40 as Jonathan Taylor. 
Jonathan Taylor ran the fastest 40 as a running back. Okay, running backs get paid to run. Literally. That's what they do. You put the ball in their hands, you physically hand them the football, and they run. So being fast is kind of essential to what they do. Linebackers, being fast doesn't necessarily make you good. Um, Being smart, I mean, Luke Keekley ain't fast. Ray Lewis wasn't fast. Brian Erlacher wasn't fast. You know, and Khalil Mack isn't that fast. I mean, he's faster than most, but he's not, like, ridiculously fast. Isaiah Simmons is ridiculously fast. He ran a sub 4-4. I mean, he was in the four threes for a linebacker. He played linebacker. He played edge rusher. He played defensive end. He played nickelback. He played safety at Clemson. All right, so he could play all over the field which is another thing the Giants need because they got a lot of holes. They got a lot of holes. So give me him. And speaking of which, let me go off on a little mini tangent. There was a trade that went down in the NFL today. The Denver Broncos gave up a fourth round pick, a fourth round pick, which isn't much draft capital for A.J. Bouye from Jacksonville, cornerback. If that was what his price was, how the fuck? Did the Giants not get involved and bring him in? I mean, you know how big of a need cornerback is. You know how big of a need anything on defense is, the secondary in general, and the defense as a whole. I mean, you can give me 11 new starters, and I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to fight you over that. You can use 11 new starters if you want to. How could you not get in the tussle with that? A fourth-round pick? Eh, anyway. Because if you bring him in, you draft Isaiah Simmons, all right, your defense is not bottom of the barrel anymore. Your defense is middle of the pack already. And you got some more picks coming in. You got some guys that are developing, Dexter Lawrence, Dalvin Tomlinson. Excuse me. You got some guys that are developing. And you bring those two established stuff. Well, Isaiah Simmons isn't established, but that kid's going to be defensive rookie of the year candidate immediately, defensive player of the year candidate in the future. You bring those two guys in with some of the other guys that are developing, that defense ain't bottom of the barrel anymore. All right, you go in the second round, this is a deep tackle draft. You go in the second round, you got the fifth pick in the second round, you, or fourth pick, you take a tackle. You shore up that left side of the line because Nate Solder fucking blows. You can get rid of him for all I care. I don't really give a fuck what happens to him. You shore up the left side of that line. Now, this team can go from a four-win team to a nine-win team real quick. Real quick. I know people don't believe that outside of New York, but this team is not as far off as people think. Their offense is knocking on the door of being explosive, and their defense, I mean, it needs some pieces, but that's what I'm saying. If you brought in A.J. Bouye for what was a fraction of any sort of draft capital and paired him up with, God forbid, Chase Young falls to you, or as I, like I said, I really don't care. I mean, Chase Young and Isaiah Simmons are 1A, 1B to me. If Chase Young is there, great. If he's not, if Isaiah Simmons is there, great. I don't care. The worst possible scenario is Burrow going one. Nobody gets over antsy about taking Tua. Chase Young goes two. Isaiah Simmons goes three. At that point, Miami knows the Giants aren't taking a quarterback, so Miami doesn't want to trade to anybody. So they know that they get two of sitting to them at five. 
are people going to trade up to take a tackle? Probably not because there's so many good ones. Are people going to trade up to take, uh, I don't know, Justin Herbert? I mean, could the Chargers try to leapfrog the the Dolphins to take Herbert? Probably not. not. That's that's the absolute worst scenario. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think the Lions – I mean, the Lions need anybody. But I don't think there's going to be only one quarterback taken in the first three. I think two is going to be taken, number two or three, either by the Redskins or the Dolphins are going to get scared of the Lions because there's talk about the Lions moving on from Stafford. Or they just – don't want anybody to move up because there's a lot of talk about the Giants trading down. There's a lot of talk about the Redskins trading down. I don't know. Maybe the Dolphins don't want to take that chance and they move up to two and take Tua. If that's the case, then you're guaranteed either younger Simmons. Give them to me. Give me either one. I don't care. Uh, either one is going to be an improvement. Either one is going to instantly make that team better, make that defense better, and instantly give them a, a ridiculous playmaker i mean they're both just unstoppable forces of nature the fact that you get a linebacker running in the four threes i mean that is just absolutely insane and chase young if he if he participated he's probably running four or five i mean he ain't slow he's a lot bigger but he ain't slow he's probably running a four or five and speaking of big tristan Wirfs. whoo i mean a four eight for a lineman Whew. I'll take him too. I don't want to take him at four, but I'll take him too. Makai Becton, uh, dude is six foot seven, three hundred sixty-four pounds. Measure him at seventeen percent body fat, three hundred and sixty-four pounds, and you only have seventeen percent body fat. I'm one hundred eighty pounds, and I probably have forty percent body fat because I'm just a lump of shit that has to sit behind a microphone because I'm too ugly to be on TV. I mean. I, it is what it is. I mean, I'm not physically gifted. I can't play. I mean, I could play golf, but that didn't work out. So here I am sitting at a desk talking because I can't do what these guys do. 364 pounds and 17% body fat is just unfathomable how athletically freakishly gifted these guys are. Um, so, yeah, if you put him in front of Daniel Jones, I ain't going to fight you. I ain't going to fight you. But. Anyways, that's pretty much all I have. I got a short episode this week. There wasn't a lot going on in Yankee land. Um, everything's kind of status quo up to this point. So next week, we're going to have a couple guests. Um, that's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to make it a lot more interesting, a lot more exciting for listeners. So hopefully you guys keep tuning in. Uh, trying to make these a lot more entertaining than they were before. I feel like I'm a little bit better at this. So that's making things a little bit better. I got some better equipment that makes it sound better. I don't have to spend my whole life editing to where I'm just, I get worn out and I don't want to do it anymore. So thanks for listening. Again, the new podcast, Views from the Nosebleeds, it's going to be so much fun. Um, listen to it. Subscribe once it's available. Um, once we actually get it designed, we get it established and posted on sites, we'll, we'll send out a link to subscribe, things like that. It, it, it'll be everywhere just like this podcast is. You can get Big Blue Pinstripes podcast on every podcasting site you got. And again, if if you feel so kind and generous, please leave me a review. It it helps. It bumps the the show up a little bit in the in the ratings in the app to where you know I might get a little bit more visibility from 
people that I don't know that I can't market it to myself. So if you leave a review, leave leave a uh, a rating, you know, I'd really appreciate it. Again, views from the nosebleeds coming soon. We'll see you next week.